Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. It's the 2024 edition of the podcast, Super Friends. I'm Matt Kumbo hey. from the Sound Off Media Company. We thought we'd do a whole predictions episode, but there's so many predictions that get made, but we're all about accountability. And so what we decided to do today was to go back to uh, one year ago when we made all these great predictions. And, and let's see. Let's people see make predictions, but nobody else gets accountable in the industry uh, except for us. So I went back, watched the show we did last year, took some of my favorite parts where I think we did predictions. One of the things I noticed is we did an awful lot of talking. And I think we had about. I think it was about 12 predictions that we made over the course of an hour. And I thought we'd bring back some of them and then uh, we'd, we'll credit who, who, made the, uh, who made the prediction and then we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about it. Uh, so here we go. The first one actually that I found was uh, from Catherine. And Catherine said the definition of a podcast in 2023 is going to continue to evolve. The listener is not thinking about audio only. They're not thinking about it being delivered on RSS. I think that the sort of purest definition of what a podcast is, is going to continue to move away from audio only. And that RSS feed, we're going to have a lot of things identified as a podcast that isn't truly a podcast. And now the rest of us will grade how Catherine did. Is there a grade higher than a plus? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an a plus one. Um, well, and today that was happened, perfect- right? It did. And today was a perfect example, at least in my little section of the podcasting world. I just came from a meeting a couple hours ago with a woman who has a very successful podcast. And she sat down and she said, and I said, so what are your goals going forward? And one of her goals was to monetize. But the other thing she said is, we're getting on YouTube. We're buying all this camera equipment. We're building out a full video studio. And we want to put the video version up on Spotify. And it just ties in exactly with what Catherine was saying. You know, five years ago, even three years ago, it was really only the RSS feed was what mattered most to people. When we would speak to clients, consult with people, other podcasters in the industry, it's how do you make the best audio only podcast? And now really the definition is how do you make the best content possible? And the pot, the word podcast has kind of been absorbed under that larger umbrella because it, it, it means so many different things. It can be only YouTube. It could be only audio. And it's, I think ultimately it's better for the listener slash viewer. Now, I guess we would say. Now, J- Jag, you did not make the prediction, but you did talk about video last year in that you were going to be taking a step. You actually expressed a little bit of trepidation during the show saying, I'm not sure that this is going to be for me. I'm going to give it a try. Um, I've already started Talk about the last year in video and the changes you've made with your clients and the people you work with and maybe even your show. Well, I want to give credit to the group, uh, specifically Johnny, and I think you too a little bit, Matt, um, for for kind of helping me drag myself into the video world. You see, I'm a radio guy like Matt is. I come from audio. I can make great sounding audio. I don't have as much experience in video, truth be told. So I said, well, I'm going to just keep doing audio podcasts. That's going to be my niche. But then I realized there is such a demand now for video, I would be leaving a ton of business on the table if I did not do video or offer that as a service to clients. Now, to Johnny's point, John and I have collaborated on a couple of different clients that want to do video. Uh, and I've realized that 
you know, for me personally, editing, I had an Adobe Audition. I just moved those skills over to Adobe Premiere and most of the stuff is very similar. And I've taught myself video over the last few months and now I'm able to offer that in my full service packages in 2024. I didn't want to, but it's the old, you know, rule, go where your audience is, fish where the fish are. That's where, that's where it is now. People want video. I am more than happy to do an audio only podcast. Most of my clients are still audio only, but a lot of my newer clients are going to, are asking for video as well. And David, you were already kind of there working with a company like Adori, which you made mention of last year as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Adori is a podcast app that incorporates a lot of images in sort of slideshow fashion into a podcast. So, you know, at, at, like others in the group, like Jag, I, I wondered whether this was going to be a thing because and I'm picturing people, you know, listening podcasts in the gym, in the car. Hopefully you're not watching a podcast or a TV show while you're in the car. I've never done it, I swear. But it, it, but it, it's, it's absolutely here. And I'm sure we'll get to talking a lot about this and how it's going to continue. I'll throw out one bold take that, that picks up on this point, And that's that smart TVs, I think, are going to start featuring podcast apps or at least, or at least podcast specific they, have, they already are, yeah. Okay, well, then I'm right. So good. <laughs> first 24 um, correct prediction is right, Dave. Well, it, it's just because, it, and, and I said something about this last year, too, is that the, line, the lines are blurring. There is no more television. There are screens, right? And mm. so you can, you know, if, um, you know, when I'm at the office, if I want to, on my lunch break, you know, watch something on Netflix, I'm pulling out my laptop. There's no need to get a TV. That's obvious. And the, this the younger generations are used to this now. Podcasting will become blended in with that whole landscape. I think that was last year's uh, prediction. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying we were right. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 that's the one we'll get to right now. So um, excuse the typo on this, but uh, you said television is losing its meaning. It's now a show. People have laptops, devices and stuff. Video is not going to kill the radio star again, but but it's going to change. Well, I'm glad I quoted the Buggles, um, but <laughs> that that I, I think that has happened uh, maybe even more rapidly than we thought. If you're not doing video podcasting, you are probably doing audiograms or other video products or reels to support your podcast. And that's just it. And now to me, it, it, there's still a little bit of purist in me that thinks make the best content and don't, don't worry right away whether audio or video is your thing. But with the, the apps out there, with the technology out there, it's becoming easier and easier to add video to your podcast. And that's the way people are consuming them. So Catherine, is he right? I'm done, kicking, I'm done kicking and screaming. Good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say, and this is going to tie in, I'm already thinking towards the end of the show, if we were to make predictions for 2024, I have a feeling that there's going to be, I think a lot of podcasters are really behind in this, uh, in the video space. And Johnny has been really telling us for several years now and just giving us the nudge. Uh, some of us, even in this group, have resisted as long as we can. And because I think that just once we've started to see, just accept video is a behemoth. YouTube is a behemoth. These are, these other apps are just so dominant with the video. It was kind of maybe not so great for us to sit on the sidelines as podcasters. So I think it, there's a lot of people, especially 
the purest podcasters who held on a little bit too long and are going to feel a little bit behind. And I think that's going to, people are going to, we're going to see a lot of doing catch up this year. I think. I think too, Catherine though, like just, I agree with everything in terms of the video. I still tell clients though, when they're first starting out, because it's so, it's really hard to ask somebody who isn't used to talking into one of these microphones (laughs) to then also stick a camera in their face. And I've hit on this a Mm. lot. I still tell a lot of clients when they're, you know, considering starting a podcast is let's just start with the audio only. If the, if the video is right for you, and I think you should have it regardless of whether you think it's right for you or not, ease yourself into it. Get used to being a host first. Get used to creating content first. Get used to having the, it's almost like a part-time job doing a podcast and you need to get used to doing that all of the time. And to jump right out of the gate with video, if that's not something you're comfortable with, that's okay. But video should be in your plans, whether it's in motion when you start or whether you've been doing it and you're still not ready for it. It's going to be on the horizon. It should be something that you're prepping and planning for, but you don't need to, I, I don't, I try not to freak people out and be like, by the way, I'm going to stick this giant camera in your face too. And now you need to be all dressed up for the podcast and everything. It's just, you will get there. So just get used to talking into the mic first. A, a lot of uh, podcast guests aren't necessarily prepped for video, too. I'm sure we've all been there when we get on a podcast and the guest says, oh, are we doing video? Because I didn't think we were. It's that That's another step in the process, right? Let your let the guests know that you will use the video because many of them aren't ready yeah. for it. Yeah, that has to be in your in your description when you're emailing them, putting it on the calendar. This is a video and audio podcast. And But I, I will say my famous loving counterpoints we're we're a lot different in 2023 than we were in 2019 let's say we had two solid years of zoom meetings and other online things so i i i definitely see that some of those apprehensions that you've mentioned johnny have been broken down just because of the the history yeah more people, yeah definitely more people have just come to accept that this is part of of doing online interviews, online interactions. And so I think that, I think that there is a little bit more acceptance. I totally, I agree. And you're right. And you know, minimal viable product. Let's, let's get it. Version one is better than version none. I totally believe in that. And if you want to go audio at first, great. But I, I do think that some of those apprehensions have fallen away. Yeah, but what's why don't what's people have a mic? Why doesn't everyone have a freaking microphone? It's so mm-hmm. annoying. We've had two years of people on doing Zoom calls and we're still having people with dogs in the background and talking into their laptop mic. Get a microphone. Go on Amazon, please. You're right. It's, it's still people still aren't there in general. You know, uh, when they you got went, the ring lights. Everybody got the ring light. <laughs> I just forgot they about not? the microphone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jag, was it Gronk who didn't have a microphone? Who who was somebody didn't have a microphone? And were like, and they were appearing on like an NFL show. It might have been Gronk. It might have yeah, been Brady at one point because you know Brady has a mic because he does a serious XM show every week. But yeah, yeah. and and I mean, <laughs> it's Gronk. We just accept him for who he is. But that <laughs> but we we make the joke, Matt. But that speaks to a larger point about podcasting in general. As I go too far off topic here, but. The lower your audio quality, the better the content has to be to make up for for people to consume it. Gronk is just the big loving lunk that everybody loves. So I'd be willing, as a Patriots fan, I'd be willing to listen to Gronk on the not great microphone more so than I would somebody that I don't know from Adam. And like, why does this jabroni have a microphone? Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, here's here's a prediction that I think I got right up until the end. Google podcast is going to evolve into YouTube podcasts or YouTube music or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it will come out as an app. Uh, actually it's now, I think it's two apps really that 
what happened. In the and app. nobody knows the difference. Yeah. And Amazon's going to uh, pass Google in terms of usage, which did not happen. But anyway, I'll give myself. Well, you were right lunch. about you were right about Google becoming, I guess, quote unquote, becoming YouTube because they're all owned by the parent company, Google. Right. And uh, Matt's been telling us for months, hey, let people know Google podcast is going away. And while the audience slice uh, on your analytics might be small. There's there's a number of people that listen to your podcast religiously and that are doing so on Google Podcasts and they're going to wake up one day and go, what? Where'd that go? So I've had a few podcasters come back. They've started to do their show again. I'm like, I think we have to catch you up. Hmm. <laughs> uh, two today, to be honest with you. A lot's and changed. I, Order this camera. Yeah, yeah it was, but camera. just within the last year, we're going to have to find a solution to get your old episodes into uh, the YouTube app. So... Is that, is that as simple as importing an RSS feed, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we could probably redirect the RSS feed and, and just create the videos and then put them up. Um, I, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to Simplecast, my podcast host. They now have YouTube listed among Apple, Spotify, and the other destinations to simply connect by an RSS feed. And they give you pretty easy, uh, easily understand constru- uh, instructions on how to do it. So I think the other podcast uh, hosts, if they haven't done so, will follow suit. Is that YouTube or YouTube Music? Let me check. I believe it is YouTube. Okay, because I know there was a huge hullabaloo around. Uh, you know that it's technically YouTube Music will be hosting the RSS feeds, but you can connect it to the YouTube app, and no one seems to know what's going on. And if once you find that out, Jack, I'd also be curious to know if it's connected as a destination. Will that if it's connecting if it's pushing to YouTube, is that creating a still image of your podcast artwork and putting it up as a video? It is. The exact phrasing they have is you can distribute your audio content to YouTube and YouTube music via your mm-hmm. RSS feed. YouTube will automatically generate videos of your content for you using your default show artwork and audio. Nice. Um, I've hit all the wrong buttons. But, uh, you know, Jag, you were one of the ones, I think, at some point last year who made the prediction that YouTube would get involved with RSS feeds. I couldn't find the tweet. and I didn't hear it in the show last year, but I, I know you've gone on record um, with this. So I will give you points for saying this would come true in some capacity, but there you are with the scoop and the tweet when, when it came out, that was tweet 100 when I had to tweet about something for a hundred straight days. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, congratulations for that. Um, so how has this worked out this YouTube? How, how do we feel about this YouTube and RSS feeds? You know, I had a, I had a call with a potential client today that was very, uh, to Johnny's point, reticent to do video they felt that it was a big ass to get on camera and all that sort of stuff and i said well you know video is great but if you don't have it at least be on youtube and now with the importing of the rss feeds i could tell them look if you only want to do audio you still have to be on youtube for seo purposes so just we'll dump the rss feed into into youtube and call it a day mm-hmm. you're right jack that the discoverability factor in it and SEO is huge. We just, uh, I just released one of my clients episodes today. We, he asked me to go back and find what was the top performing episode of the year. And so I found it, we republished the episode, repurposed the audio and the video as a whole new episode. And when I was Googling around to pull an image of the guest, this guy, he, he built, uh, two of the most, uh, highest grossing revenue hotels in the United States. So you think he would be a pretty big deal. And so I Google his name 
There's maybe two articles about him, but the very first video, YouTube link that popped up, the very first mention of any media that he's involved in that's not a news article is the YouTube podcast episode that my host did with him. Excellent. Anytime someone Googles this guy, that video is going to pop up first. And it's probably because Google owns YouTube and most people use Google as their search engine as to why they would promote that first over Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But that right there is a very clear, tangible example of why being on YouTube is super important. And of course, you need to have a video. Thanks a lot, Johnny, because last year you said that going forward, you need to have a short form video. I don't think an audiogram is going to cut it anymore. It's going to require more effort and require a clip with a huge hook. It's going to need to have relevant photos. Short videos are going to go along with it. And if you don't have video, it's uh, if you have video, it's got to have captions. It's got to be quick. It's got to be punchy. And you got to keep the eyes attracted, which involved a lot of the cutting. You said that a year ago. I feel like you say this every week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think this prediction held up really well and is only becoming more and more relevant. Um, As far as the punchiness goes, I think that is probably the biggest learning that I've had. And I think I talked about it in the last episode that we did here. When you're doing your shorts, you have three seconds max and even three seconds might be pushing it to hook the person to watch that video. I think one thing that has changed from this prediction is... I think when I made the prediction, and I think one of all of our thinking was, is, oh, we'll do all these shorts and it'll be great. And it's going to drive all of these subscribers to our podcast, all of these subscribers to our YouTube channel, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that that's panned out the way that we thought it was going to. I think that the realization or the reality that we all kind of have to deal with is a minute percentage of people are going to jump from the short to the podcast to becoming a, 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 a really long-time listener and subscriber, I think that you need to approach it as I'm going to build a following here and just have my content out there, period, regardless of whether it's people consuming the short or consuming the podcast. Question, follow-up question, Johnny, and I don't know if you have any data on this. Have you seen whether or not putting tags and keywords and show descriptions in the shorts makes a difference for traffic on the shorts? I have not seen that. I, that, that is one thing that I am not super knowledgeable about is the, the hashtagging and the tagging of videos. Um, you see it in videos. I know for TikTok specifically, the tags are really important. Hashtag FYP, which is the for you page, which is when people are just scrolling their feed. Every video you'll see will have that tag on there. But as far as how effective and what like hashtag business, I don't know how effective yeah. that's going to be. Or if it's hashtag the Johnny Podcasts show, who, who cares about that other than, you know, the 20 people that would watch that? Like it's, it's, that is a really difficult game to play. I would focus more on if it were me with a podcast or a client that wanted to get into shorts, it would be understanding that it is going to cost a little bit of money to have really good shorts. You can pay, I, I've done it. I've paid the guy overseas for t- 10 bucks a video and they turn out really crappy. They don't look great. They're misspellings. They don't pull the right content. You as the host know your audience the best. You know what the hooks are going to be. You need to find those and you need to work with someone that's really knowledgeable about how to make really professional looking shorts that are spelled correctly with the subtitles that have relevant images in them and that are punchy. Pulling that three second clip that's the most hooky, putting that at the very top and making them look really professional. And unfortunately for all of us, those those cost money. And time. And time. Yes. Um, but I've just started this for a client and she loved it. Um, but the cost to that, right? 
Yeah. So how long, I mean, the question is how long is she going to be able to keep up with the cost of doing it? But darn, they look good though. They're fun. Yeah. And, and you don't need to do, I mean, a lot of the higher, from what I've seen talking to these people that run these, like, so we all run companies of producing podcasts. There are people that are even the next step, which is they run companies exclusively for creating short form content, full companies Mm -hmm. that do this. And where the cost starts to add up is how many shorts do you want from your podcast episode? Let's be totally honest. In the 90 set, 90 minute podcast, you probably don't have 15 shorts worth of content in there. You have maybe three, five is pushing it. You're probably going to be okay with just getting one from every single episode. Get the very, very best hook at best 45 seconds from that episode and just pay for the one that will keep the cost relatively down. It's where it's, it's where you start getting tens and dozens of shorts from each episode and putting out a video every single day. Yeah. You want to juice the algorithm, but that's where the cost really starts to add up. So there's a lot of hype about that, but also AI and Catherine Mm -hmm. said, there's going to be a lot of hype around AI for podcasting. Um, she, Catherine believes in incremental advancements. Descript is a great example. Um, but it's not going to be the thing that catapults us. The prediction is all about the hype. There's going to be a lot of hype that does not pay off. What I actually we- think this is, this is a prediction I got wrong because it was not as, as hypey as I was fearing that it was going to be. There was some hype, but I think it was frankly a, uh, appropriate. You and all this, everybody in our group here, we saw the AI tools rolling out for some of the editing software we use, the different tools we use to make the podcasts. And they've been okay. I have to say, I, what I was afraid of is, the hype of AI is going to, you know, <laughs> oh God, disrupt <laughs> the podcast industry or some other sort of uh, term like that. But really, I think that they are they are useful when they work. Uh, they're going to get better and better as time goes on. So I, I think I was afraid more of the hype train, um, but we've seen some some good stuff and we're looking forward to more. And I think there's a B part of the prediction. This is Johnny's and that, that the, you know, AI is going to be pretty big going forward. It's going to make our jobs as, as hobbyists um, a little bit easier. Um, and there's going to be at least one podcast that's going to be created exclusively by AI content generated by AI, <laughs> voices generated by AI and put together by AI with a very minimal human touch. And whether it's like, you know, uploading or light editing, things like that. But someone's going to go out and do an AI podcast. Did we find that? The I problem, will be honest. The, I wasn't searching for it. Go ahead, David. Not, I mean, there probably is one, but it probably sucks. Pardon my, pardon my, my, lang, my that's Boston vernacular. It sucks. Sure. Uh, so what, I'm, what, have you ever clicked on a news link thinking you were going to get a, like a video short, like, you know, NBC news, like a 90 second report on something. And it turns out what you get is uh, it's basically a robot reading a print article. I don't know if that ever happens to you, but when a Japanese plane caught fire in Tokyo. Exactly. I, I hate that voice. It it creeps me out. I, I don't want to get my news that way. And that's what that's the kind of podcast a robot is going to create. So I'm sure there is a, a podcast out there that's just a robot, but it's it's <laughs> it, it, it's really just going to demonstrate that that's the, the creative touch that we and the people we work with apply to podcasts that just simply can't be replicated and so it, yeah ai is going to keep coming fast and furious and it is um at the risk of repeating others it is providing tools that make our jobs easier and diy podcasters easier if, if you're you know i use ai all the time to go through a transcript and pick out topics uh, a list of topics for the show notes right 
it's it's great for it's good for transcription. I do use it to 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 replicate human voices for in little blips, like little sound stings. If you're creating a segment, and you know you want to have a if if I want to have a female voice, there aren't a lot of females here around in my apartment here. So um um at the moment, so you know. Anyways, it, it gives you that, those options, and those tools are, are terrific, and I think they're going to keep getting better. But it's not going to replace the essence, the, the actual content of a podcast. Yeah, and there's some things that AI does that we don't even know. So a year ago, I didn't have this transcription service. I took the episode we did from a year ago. I ran it through Otter. That's AI that goes to separate our voices and to find all the parts that I had to go through to come up with, you know, here's the predictions you know, that, that we landed on Otter is trained enough to know which voice does what. So a lot of people don't think, Oh, that's AI, but the AI has done the work for us a little bit. And, and Matt, you might've sort of inadvertently brought up another use for, for something like chat GPT, you know, in advance of this episode, you could have asked chat GPT, you know, what are 12 predictions for podcasting for 2024 chat GPT will come up with it. Who knows where exactly it's drawing it from, but it, it'll, it'll give you a list. Now, the list may be terrible, but it still might provide a good talking point. So I have used AI to generate questions for a guest for a podcast, type in the, the guest's you know, resume or whatever, and give them some information. And it'll, and it'll do that. If, you do, if, you're, if you're doing a show that's on the lighter side, you want to create a poem about a guest <laughs> chat gpt will create a poem or a song about your guest and i've i've used that in in the right circumstances and people get a kick out of it but it almost always you have to be careful with it because it will get something wrong it will do something embarrassing well that's know. the key that's the key there david is is and i was ha- i'm happy to be wrong about my prediction i'm more than happy to admit i was wrong which is fine i'm st- i'm going to double down on what i think ai will be in podcasting long term but what you just said david was really substantial is that the ai gets the ball rolling i think a lot of people look at ai and they go this is going to do the job for us i think it gets the ball rolling mm-hmm. first then someone who is knowledgeable in podcasting, you come in, you look over it, you make the adjustments as needed, whether it's on the poem or the song or the questions that are going to be asked and take what they've done, add your flair to it and create the final product that the end consumer is then going to see. Exactly. Uh, I I don't know how wrong you, like we are. AI actually got this podcast started today because it was the first thing I went to, to, well, I, I think, I think I was, I think I went really hard on how much it was going to evolve in just a year. Like I was assuming it was going to be, you know, it's going to take over audio engineering and total video production to where you kind of are just dropping in an audio and a video file and it does the rest for you. I think that that is the, I think that's kind of the end game. And yeah. it, it's, it's, it's sort of a depressing thing to think about is that does that make us obsolete and it could if you're not staying up to date with this technology if you can be the person who can master how to use that technology and be the person to really finalize everything then you can kind of save yourself but i don't see that happening last year obviously it didn't happen i don't really see it happening this year i think at some point there will be something like that though can I uh, share my favorite moment of re-listening to our prediction episode from last year was ja- uh, jag saying to johnny now there's a, a chat g uh, and then Johnny's like, it's called Chat GPT. I think you'll be hearing a lot about it this year. I don't I, remember that, but it sounds like something I would say. Yeah. 
one of the more chilling old episodes of a, a music podcast I do with a friend. I went back and listened and we said, what's that thing called? The Corona? It's something, it's like a virus or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Thanks, I don't Dave. Know. I feel better. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I was just going to add, just real quick, just good advice for people like us who help people produce podcasts is the, the value that we give, we hope, lay in direction, advice, how to make your show better and compelling, mm. which is still the most important thing. That's yeah. the one thing that the, the, you know, audio engineers out there might be, if you're just an audio engineer, you might be afraid that a robot's going to take your job. I think we should be less afraid if we're actually guiding people, coaching people along and how to make their shows more compelling. And that really is the fun part. It should be one of the main reasons you get into podcasting in the first place. That's super true. Thank you for saying that, David. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are. A few years after we left our previous jobs, we've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. The Podcast Super Friends support Podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. Find the full list at newpodcastapps.com. All right, I'm going to go on to this prediction that, that, that Jag had about uh, dynamic ad insertion, no longer applying to podcasts with 50 to 100,000 downloads or beyond. More people are going to learn how to use DAI and use it well, relevant content. 
Um, and we're also going to learn a little bit more about keeping the loudness uh, the same. I think dynamic <laughs> ad insertion for things other than ads can take off in 2023. How did Jag do? He was right, but I didn't see evidence of it. I, I think more people should have listened. <laughs> B minus, C plus, what are you going to give well, me here? Uh, I mean, it, it was such a good point, but I, I didn't see too much evidence of it. But then again, maybe I don't get out enough. So I see, he was right. I've seen it. The 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 quality of D, of dynamic ads has drastically improved, uh, specifically on Spotify. That's where I listen to podcasts. And of the dynamic ads I've seen, no more garbage, just you know, closet recording, terrible audio. I, I haven't heard one of those in months, maybe, maybe even longer than that. So I would say that was a pretty spot on prediction. And then to to even further validate what he said, I have I have hosts that are using dynamic ad insertion, Jag, that are getting, you know, a thousand, two thousand downloads an episode, mm-hmm. uh, if that, and they're making use of DAI to to push their own personal brand. It's like, hey, go to my website. Here's a blog that I wrote. Go check this out. It's all internal stuff that we and we can just cycle that stuff in and out, and it's really easy to use. Um, shout out to Cohost, which is a hosting platform that allows you to do this. And I know a lot more of the platforms are are introducing this. And I I think it was a very spot on prediction. Thank you. Um, I actually have a little bit of, I'm actually getting a lot of companies who don't want to buy dynamic ad insertion. They're actually looking for baked in, or as I'm told to say now, integrated ads. Um, I had a buy come across, um, today. What do you, you they always make the word longer. They always make the word that there's a word that works baked in and they make it longer and more complicated. Saying utilize instead of use is my wife's biggest pet peeve. (laughs) Yeah, I had a couple companies. Um, I can't remember the one from this morning, but NordVPN was one that was, a, yeah, was asking for and preferred baked in. And I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, fuckery from Apple and the downloads and the when you go to pause and then you hit and the re-downloading. I think a lot of companies are feeling a little more comfortable uh, with the integrated now, I had the discussion today with someone I wanted to push back and say, I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you for a year. I want to be able to strip out the ad after a year. Hmm. So do I'm, you, I'm, I do not like imper- you know, the perpetuity in perpetuity. I hate that. You can't have it forever. I'll give it to you for a year, though. Could you make the argument, too, though, Matt, that in the defense of the of the buyer of wanting to have the baked in ads, that there is a little bit more added benefit of having their ad on there for the lifetime? Yeah. Even uh, I, even as I say it, it makes more sense. Um, I think I would be more inclined to pay a little bit more to be the exclusive baked in advertiser rather than uh, maybe pay a fraction of that and be on there for 30 days because... Who knows if it's a down month? I'm sure I'd be curious to hear what all you guys saw. My my podcast took a dive in December. Just yeah. no one was listening. It was down 30% across the board. Well, and also we can't we can't say, oh, well, one of the, the good things about podcasts is that they have legs, that people are going to go back and explore the catalog two years later or whatever, and then not be able to give them the ad space there. I I, I think Johnny's onto something there. I think yeah, well, the other pro- but there's another problem with the baked in. And that's what about my listeners in Italy who can't buy your product? Yeah. What, what about my listeners elsewhere? Ciao, eh. <laughs> Bella. Yeah, the, the, there's, I can see on both. We, I think we've brought good arguments on both sides of that. The, the baked in ads. I mean, one of the things that you, 
I mean, people do it, I guess, but to me, I can tell when a live read is not actually live, like it's, it's, it's dynamically inserted and there is some charm to a host in the flow of the show doing a, a live read. So that would be a baked in ad, yeah. but something you pointed out, um, Matt, which has been a struggle with certain clients I work with is the, the technical aspect of downloading a pod for those that have their podcast set to download, um, they download an episode. And then if, you know, a day later or even an hour later, the producer of that podcast goes to put in a dynamic ad, well, it's, it's too late for that listener. And that is one of the frustrating things I've found about creating those ads. But I think there's room for both. Yeah. A- Apple. Oh, sorry. I just, I want to say Apple has a problem between, you know, the advertise us who just want our ads. We don't want the auto download because we want to be able to count and give great numbers to our clients. But at the same time, to the listener who just goes to the airport, who gets on the airplane, who wants to have the episode ready for their flight or in the car and ready to go and doesn't want to burn, uh, you know, data to download the show. So there's a little UX you know, issue as well. Sure. I think on the D, on the DAI piece of it, Matt was the one that corrected me. And it's when I said dynamic uh, ad insertion and he corrected me to dynamic audio insertion. Matt's talking about some really great ideas for some large companies that are buying these, having these big buys. I have some smaller clients that are putting things like, um, you know, hey, we've got a webinar coming up this month and that dumps into all hundred previous of their episodes or, hey, check out this event coming up or, you know, hey, this event's coming up and every time the ticket prices change, the ad changes. So I think there's a very big temptation to only think about DAI as ads for third parties, but think of it as audio and anything that can help provide a message to your audience about your brand. Yeah. any anything that is super timely, I mean, being a radio guy, Jack, I'm sure you love this. If you do a podcast on skiing, you know, you could literally talk about this, the, you know, the ski predictions, the snow predictions for tomorrow or even today. I did that right? in radio in Vermont. We had to download the ski <laughs> report every day. We could put a daily ski report in every episode of your podcast. So that's even if you're listening to an episode of that ski podcast from a year ago, you're getting the snow report from that weekend. That that to me is the exciting part of DAI. Catherine, I, I think our our episode that we did as super friends on DAI was one of the best that we had last year <laughs> talking about these very issues. And let me let me tell you, uh, my concern, though, is that there are some companies that shall remain nameless who are really lagging on offering this technology to their broad base of their podcast clients that the hosting companies are not offering this in a way that could really be useful for some of these things that we've been talking about. Um, back to the baked in ads for just one moment. I do have to say one of my favorite things on a couple of podcasts that I listen to is the seamless bizarre segues that people are able to make between the podcast host is able to make between what they're talking about. And then to a suddenly <laughs> we're talking about an ad. And I, some of the, our favorite podcast hosts take a very comedic approach to flow us into talking about Nord VPN or whatever else it is. Pod safe America is very good at that. Pod safe America is, is good about we about putting their personalities in their live reads. There's trouble going on overseas, but you know what's not troubling? The good people at Squarespace. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have trouble in your home. Use Simply Safe to uh, have a, your home alarm system. Yes. Right. Are you right. terrified and cowering in the corner? Don't go out to get food. Use DoorDash. <laughs> Are you, don't sleep on this uh, on this topic, or you can sleep well tonight uh, using Casper. <laughs> 
So this prediction from last year, um, people are hitting the three-year mark post-pandemic, and people are reassessing what they've been doing with their podcasts. We're not going to see any of these big, splashy numbers. People are going to be looking for monetization in other ways like sponsorships and doing paid newsletters and membership communities and uh, a, a pivot in general. Thank you, Catherine, for that one. Do, I think we, that's true, do, don't you all? I don't know. Do you think so? I like the first part of that about not a lot of acquisition news this year. We saw a big pullback, I think, in that 23 compared to 22. Oh, I'm being sarcastic, by the way. There this is ab- an A. Absolute yes. bloodletting last year. Yes. Spotify was kind of the, the leader in all of that. I think, and I, I talked about this a little bit online, I think that they were a really good, uh, what's the word? Like a White paper or like use case to study of how people can overbuy into the hype. And you're right. We haven't seen really any acquisition. It seems like all we heard for the last three years is like, oh, Megaphone gets acquired and oh, Anchor gets acquired and oh, so-and-so gets acquired by so-and-so. And a lot of those haven't really panned out. But in terms of the podcast hitting the three-year post-pandemic mark, uh, I, I made my prediction for this year, which was that niche audience podcasts are going to be the king going forward. I think that the, the, the general mass appeal podcast era is going to take sort of a backseat to people going, you know, I know there's a podcast out there that only talks about basketball. I don't want to hear about the NFL and sports betting and a little bit of basketball in between. I know that there's a only a podcast that caters to exactly what I want. And if you're someone who's creating content, listening to this, double down on the content you're making, make it niche, find the people in your tribe. You, you, they're out there and they're looking for you. I could actually piggyback on that, Matt, if, if you'll yeah, entertain. Go ahead. Just a, um, one of my predictions. Are, are we reserving? To, are we waiting to the end of the show to actually do predictions for next year? Because I can hold this thought. Yeah. No. Okay. I'll, I'll hold, save, I'll hold I'll save it to the end. I do, I do want to mention, though, that, that um, if I get Catherine, just could you just go a little yeah. bit more with this? By the way, this is, this is bang on this, this prediction from 2023. But about the newsletters and the community, and I think also when Jag was talking about DAI, live events, right. you know, being able to schedule your live events and things that you're going to be doing is another way to use the DAI. But uh, when you talk about like newsletter and community, can you unpack that a little bit more? I think that it's, it's I've definitely noticed it's much more common for podcasts that I like to have that give more to those who want more model They are using Substack. So the Substack is a way for people who like the podcast to support the podcast. Substack makes it very easy that you can become a paid member. One of the my favorite new podcasts that I started listening to in 2023 has no now gone completely paywall using Hmm. uh, using Substack. And I I actually think this is going to be more and more for that person, the niche podcast, that they aren't at that mega level. They aren't at the, you know, you know, just a hundred supporters. If they, if you have a passionate group, you can really make your niche shine because they're going to support you. They want the content that you have. And for even something modest, like $5 a month per supporter, you're going to be able to magically monetize your, your podcast. And I think that a lot of, a lot of the platforms are making that easier and easier and easier. I need to book a consulting call with you because I know somebody who wants to do all that and I like feel very trepidatious and unsure about how to jump into like monetizing with Substack and the podcast and putting it all together. I I just think that, yeah, we've talked, we've talked so many times about the gap between 
between the mass market, we're using uh, we're using CPM, we're using all these things that don't really apply to podcasting to try and make the money work for ads. You know, how many times have we said ads don't work for most podcasts? They work. They do work for the biggies. But, Hmm. you know, how many that is that is a small, small fraction of what the podcasting is. So what is everybody else going to do? And but the thing is that the platforms have stepped it up. There are easier ways to do it that haven't existed in the past. Um, Yeah. So I I just see that is going to be more and more. Yeah. Cut out the middleman. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, this is very bold. Uh, I said there was going to be a recession. Um, and a lot of people are going to do some bailing and podcast companies are going to look what they have. Podcast divisions are looking going, yeah, maybe we can cut this and we can cut parts of that. Uh, there was a lot of cuts this year. Right. Sure. I guess we disagree. We're going to give you a check mark. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to move on. Uh, Johnny, cutting, cutting, cutting might have been a little... Uh, you know, G rated. I would say <laughs> yeah. bloodbath is probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but, but Matt, I just wonder if it's worth talking about one of the themes that we're developing here is, is that, um, you know, there's riches podcast, in the niches. Well, exactly yeah. right. Cause the, there are, there are podcasts, those big national podcasts, and then there's the rest of the world. And maybe the future of podcasting is more in the rest of the world than it is in, you know, smartless and no smart. There always be room for smartless and great podcasts. And have you heard about this podcast? But that industry is just, it's a completely different animal from the rest of us that are going for these little niches. And um, a lot of, and and I I don't know the specific numbers, but I think those will continue to grow podcasting as a tool, as a vehicle, as a way to market what you do. um, I don't see that going anywhere, but. Well, what are, I mean, Jag's not going to be, wasn't surprised by this because we both come from radio, but when you see something like heavyweight, get the ax from Spotify. I mean, that's a big show. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, you're done. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Cause I, I looked at it and I looked at the show. I was like, is this some like garbage podcast? And it's really, it's super popular. Why, why would something like that be cut? I can understand the other ones that they cut, but why that one? Because if you want to make a great podcast and great audio, it takes a lot of people and people are expensive and time is mm. expensive. And now there's, you know, 20 people on it. Yeah. That's on the, the show and, and yeah. you can't make the money back from it. It's like, I'll just go elsewhere. That's the thing with those true crime podcasts is the sound design in them is just insane. And it, you can't be done by one person. Well, and also we, I, heavyweights came from public radio too. Yeah. So, they, there are a lot of shows that are, you know, that there are a lot of public radio shows early in on podcasting so that they were really bullish on podcasting from the get go. But that means if they come from public radio, they come from an environment where there is an entire structure of all those people, all that staff, all those things to recreate that in the free market is hard. You know, that, that is just a harder thing. And yeah, that's, I've, I think I can leave it right there, but I, that, that jump is hard to make. Um, and, and the, the payoff, the, the return that a public radio audience, a, a public radio station is not looking for the same kind of return that Spotify is, you know, who has shareholders and what have you. Those are all factors that might not be congruent. Which is why you wonder if the, the future of entertainment podcasts might be, more of the companion podcasts, which 
you know, when there's a great documentary on Netflix, there's bound to be a podcast talking about that documentary. Right. And I, and I know a lot of, you know, just about every TV show you can imagine these days has HBO launched. is big on that. Yeah, yeah. They launched a companion, um, official companion podcast. And those, those I, w- I imagine are, are a, a cheap way to, to squeeze some more revenue out of your, your product because simp because those, those podcasts aren't so produced up with the sound editing, everything you were talking about, Johnny, those are just two people hashing it out typically. Right. And I think there's a lot of room for that for the, you know, the non HBO people that they hire. If you're really passionate about Game of Thrones or what's the new one? Uh, Gilded Age? No, the one that's one season. Yellowstone? No, the the, the Game of Thrones spinoff. If you're like a big fan of House of the Dragon, if you're a big House of the Dragon fan, don't feel like that you can't do a podcast about that. Like there's so much opportunity out there for you to talk about what you're passionate about. A lot of the stuff that we're working on is like, you know, it's their business or it's their brand. It's like branding for their company and stuff. You can stick the, the, the room for passion projects or passion podcasts. I think it's just so massive. I don't think enough people take advantage of that. Johnny, while I have you here, can you grade this? Because you said that YouTube is going to try to improve their audio only experience. I'd give myself a D and a visit with a teacher after class. <laughs> See me. So one on, on the positive note, you know, they're integrating the RSS feed. That's great. And they're giving an opportunity for the, for an opportunity at the most. They're giving an opportunity for the RSS feed, but it's like Catherine said at the beginning, the the YouTube is just such a behemoth. There's just so much content out there that it's, it is just, I would dare say impossible to succeed on YouTube with an audio only product. I think it's great for the discovery. Like we've mentioned before, but you know, you're, you just can't compete. You gotta, you gotta have the really nice video and you gotta have the thumbnails and it's all just, it's all, it's, it's its own thing. And, uh, I I would say I failed in that regard. I want to push back on you on that a little bit, Johnny. I think you can be successful audio only on YouTube because there are a number of podcasts that people consume. You know, they've got their spreadsheets that they're looking at in one tab while YouTube's open or another tab, or they've got YouTube playing through CarPlay on their car while they're driving and they're not looking at it. I think, in a perfect world, everybody would have the video and it would look great. And it's having the video is certainly better than not, but I wouldn't go as so far as to say you can't be successful with audio only on YouTube. That's just my opinion. I accept that. I also don't think it's fair that you should like have to see the teacher after class because YouTube doesn't know what they're doing. (laughs) That's fair. That is, that point is fair. I have a prediction for 2024. YouTube will continue to not know what they're doing. (laughs) well you know what but maybe johnny's prediction is just a little bit too soon and youtube does figure it out and they create an audio experience and we're all sitting here next year laughing at ourselves he's playing the hit before it's a hit matt that that's (laughs) that's it exactly you're too early uh david yes sir you're gonna see a lot of these types of apps race for the ultimate solution descript app as you noticed many months ago that you can click and make audiograms. Zencaster's yeah, trying to do that too. They're, yeah. I, I had a call with them and they're, they're, they're trying to do everything like hosting, recording, editing, public. It's just, it's, it's, it's a massive undertaking. Sorry. David, you can ring the bell. You got an A on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that I, I just predicted the race. I didn't predict the race would be over and I don't think the race <laughs> is, is, is over yet. And yeah, we talked, uh, you know, Descript continues. Descript is getting more complicated. It, I still use it all the time, but it is trying to be everything. And Jag, I know you've you've 
maybe you should speak to this because you used um, uh, descriptor. I think Jag like is the best at descript out of all of us. I think David's probably the most experienced and probably therefore the best. But I but I will <laughs> but I will say uh, I have played with descript. I mean, up to David's prediction here, them acquiring dis, um, Squadcast was certainly a big that's, deal in 2023. That's that, what I haven't explored. So, as, yeah, as, you know, as as an avid Squadcast user, I get a little nervous because the descript UX can be very wonky at times, and I'm going to not be thrilled when Squadcast goes away as a standalone app and folds into Descript uh, ostensibly sometime in 2024. Um, Descript has a lot of great features and we kind of bag on them a little bit in this group because this can be frustrating when they push an update every day and something doesn't work quite right, et cetera, et cetera. That said, they are constantly working to improve these features and become sort of an all-in-one solution. I've created, you know, audiograms from videos on Descript now. There, there are a lot of things Descript can do. Is it perfect? No. Are any of them perfect? No. And I think for all five of us and anybody listening that produces podcasts or consuming, watching, that we all have our own secret sauce and we are always trying to, you know, we've got all these things in the cauldron and we're trying to a dash of this and a dash of that and trying to get the ingredient ratios just right. Okay, how much do I use chat GPT? How GPT is it? How much do I use this? How much do I use Descript? How much do I use Riverside, Squadcast, Decipher AI, all of these different tools? And as they're all evolving, uh, unfortunately, it's on all of us and all of our audience to constantly be reevaluated and seeing what works best in what combination. Uh, remember when Squadcast 5.0 came out and it was horrible mm-hmm. and then they fixed it and it got really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that the same people who did that magic with Squadcast have been retained by Descript to, to get it up to, up to snuff. Yeah, I'm not, good. It, it, it I'm not comfy yet. Thing. I'm not yeah, comfy we'll, yet with the Descript, but I've, and I've actually hired a person. You just work with this Descript thing and make some nice things for me. I, well, pretend, a, I go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it was quickly. It was a, it was a similar dynamic when when they switched when they did 2.0 on Descript. Oh my god, I hate oh. it. It was the worst day. But it's got it has gotten a lot better. It get, I feel like it gets a little better week by week. My prediction for 2024 is that we will have Ariel Nissenblatt as a guest on this yeah, podcast from Descript slash Squadcast. Let's All do right. It. Matt's going to make a call. I'll make a call. Free free squadcast and descript for everyone. <laughs> um, oh, this one's not very exciting. Um, <laughs> podcasting 2.0 is on its own trajectory. It's just happening. It's just going to happen on its own. There's no real prediction with the whole thing other than I mean, it's that's just a happening. Fair, it's a fair prediction. It's, it's happening just at a much slower pace. I would probably say even slower than I thought. I will give you a lot of credit here, Matt. You are, I think, of the five of us, and everybody feel free to agree to disagree. You, I think, are on the cutting edge of what's coming next in podcasting the most of anybody in this group. I think you are really have your thumb on the pulse of a lot of things. I think you played the hit again too early with, with, with podcasting 2.0. I respect you immensely. And when you said this was a thing, I, I kind of looked at it a little bit. But for me, it just not you, but the platform just never landed with Satoshis and making donations to, to listeners and using other apps. It, it, to me, it was like, okay, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with this right now. If it gets big, I'll look at it later, but I'm not interested in it right now to be a little blunt. Yeah. And I think because we hear so much podcasting 2.0 and it's, you know, it is about Satoshis and crypto or whatever you want to pass around. We look, we don't look at the other stuff that we really want to have in there, such as, you know, transcription you know the captions going by on the phone so you can read them what about um 
a local podcast, you know, oh, what are the podcasts that are playing in my area right now that mm. I would be able to, or that are at least featured in my area? So Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where are the podcasts from there? What about live podcasts? What podcasts are live right now on my phone that I can listen to? Um, I know the Fountain app offers that. I think these are all things that I would love to see, but I, unfortunately, none of it's going to move until you know, maybe an Apple or a Spotify begins to add in some of this stuff. So I, I, I know we talk a lot about, you know, swapping value back and forth because that's all we really hear, but it, it's so much more than that. And hopefully people do embrace it in some capacity. I, I would love to have, Oh, I want to listen to a live podcast right now in the car. That's radio. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall we stick our next out for 2024? Yes, let's do it. All right. Fortune favors the bold. David, what is your big podcast prediction for 2024? Well, just to maybe be a little bit of a change of pace, I'll, I'll sort of think smaller in that I think more and more small businesses, individuals, those podcasts will continue to grow this year because more and more they will become <clears throat> an efficient and smart replacement uh, or alternative to things like blogs, newsletters, redoing your website, and in some cases, even networking. So, you know, I just had a lawyer start a podcast and he's excited about the prospect of um, having people on as guests that are important contacts of his and that are potential clients of his maybe. And I can tell that he enjoys it so much more than something like, um, you know, writing another blog post or trying to get a published article. Those things I think will continue to be less cost effective and frankly, less fun. So for the small companies, you know, I mean, big companies will continue to do them as well, but small companies, you know, entrepreneurs and uh, have been doing podcasts for a long time, but it's just going to become more and more of an essential tool in that whole marketing networking arsenal for someone trying to develop their brand. Catherine, what do you have? I've got one that is sensible and then one, one that is a little spicier. I'm just going to say that. My, my sensible prediction for 2024 is that we're, there's going to be a big move to know thy audience uh, because audience growth is where it's at, especially as things are getting more and more niche, more and more narrow. Who you are talking to is going to be much, much more important than anything else. Who you're aiming your podcast tool is going to be important. There's going to be a lot more talk about uh, doing client or customer audience member avatars where you're trying to assess what are their needs, what are their wants, what are their pain points, and then have your podcast address those things. So I think that just that we're, <clears throat> as we're accepting these new realities about podcasting, knowing exactly who you're talking to, who you're aiming to speak to is going to be more and more important. And then we'll bring Johnny back, who's done some things like with the existing audience surveys and using those kinds of tools to really grow the audience. And to be a little spicy, I am going to predict that we're going to see a little retconning, a little uh, retroactive continuity for the video issue. I predicted that some of our experts in the podcast industry are going to pretend that they've been <laughs> pr promoting video for the longest time. And that what I was indicating before about 
maybe some podcasters really being a little bit behind. I admit that, you know, I was in there too because I was believing that, oh, no, you know, that's not video and and podcasting are two different things. Um, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a cover up uh, from people pretending that they've been advocating for this for a very long time. A conspiracy, you'd say. What do you got, Johnny? Um, I will predict that there is going to be a race again. David predicted a race last year. I think that there's going to be another race this year. And this race is going to be amongst the social media apps. There are too many social media apps vying for our attention 24-7. The goal for them this year is how can we keep the user only on our app? And I will predict that X is going to win this battle of how can I consume all of a person's content that I follow in one place, their written text, aka their tweets, their full length video podcasts, their short form content, and uh, their audio content, their podcasts, live, live spaces, whatever. I think that I think that X has the best chance of creating such a platform that includes a creator dashboard, much like YouTube, where you can upload all of your content there, view statistics, view downloads, things like that, as well as actually create and publish all of the content there as well. And Jag. get those subscribers. Sorry, one thing. And paid and subscribers. Get, and get paid subscribers. Jag. I, my prediction is that in terms of overall listenership, podcasts will overtake AM, FM, talk radio spoken word audio, spoken word radio formats. The uh, spoken word audio report that I just pulled up here from Edison Research this year. Uh, in 2014, podcasts represented 13% of uh, spoken word audio consumption. AM, FM radio is 78%. In 2023, AM, FM radio is down to 44%. Podcasts are up to 36%. I think in 2024, this is the year that overall um, podcast surpasses talk radio. Wow. Okay. Did you just announce the death of radio? Do we hold a funeral? What happens next? <laughs> that wasn't already happening. <laughs> no, that was that was the eulogy. <laughs> the, the, the time of death was called uh, a while ago. So I have a prediction. I just don't see it happening by the end of 2024. It will probably happen early 2025. And we are going to redefine the download and the metrics. And we're going to find a way to get all of your Twitter, all of your YouTube, and all of your downloads amalgamated into one number. I don't know that we'll call it a download, mm. but we're going to find we're going to find a way to to do it so that we we can, you know, get a determination. It'll of, be called the consump. The consump. Um, <laughs> it's already we already see a push on right now for impressions, which is kind of a silly word anyway. But something's going to something's going to shift with the download. It's either going to be moved into something that is a little more palpable. Yeah. Understood. And something that's a little bit more saleable. Um, but I think it's 18 months away and not necessarily 12. That's it folks. Anything else? Happy new year. I'm excited to revisit these next year and see how right or wrong we were. (laughs) Oh, and I predict, uh, I, when I was watching it, I realized I'm wearing the exact same shirt I was wearing in that last episode. (laughs) And so I predict I will be wearing again. Is it a different scarf? Then you're good. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Super friends for a transcript of the show or to connect with the super friends, go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.